hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back runner. He's not Dan Grafton. He's just fourth. Still Grafton. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Grafton. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Kite with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to episode number 91 of the 5 for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is a show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoy watching them do it. Sorry folks, I am very, very late getting this out and I apologize in advance for any sniffles or coughing you might hear on the mic. Um, you might be able to tell my voice a little bit as it's kind of nasally. Uh, I have been sick, so I apologize. I've been a little bit late getting this out and as some of you have followed before. It was um, corrupted. The, the The intro file was corrupted. Thankfully, the interview wasn't. And so this is all I've literally all the episodes have been waiting on is for me to re-record this. So I apologize. I've been very lackluster in that aspect. So I'm going to make this a quick intro because kind of getting kind of late here. Got work in the morning, but a couple things have happened in the interim, um, you know, leading up to this and um, everything. But I'm not really going to get into it too too much. All I'm going to say is uh, I'm got a new job that should allow for more time on the podcast it's funny i said it's gonna allow more time on the podcast and there i'm getting sick and <laughs> been lacking on the episode but uh should allow more time for podcasting and uh i you know i know my schedule in advance and they're set hours so i, I think it's gonna be great for the podcast and my mental health as well so we'll put it that way um also, uh, going forward, you know, the podcast will be covering some enforcer signings here and there. Um, I know a couple just happened, but I'm going to go over that in a later episode, probably this upcoming week. So uh, just keeping that in the pipeline, let you guys know what's going on. But of course, this episode is focused on Kelly Bent. I want to thank Kelly uh, again for coming on the podcast. Had a lot of great time, or excuse me, a lot of fun talking to him. Some great times we discussed. And you know, this is the first time that Kelly has ever talked about the uh, the incident that happened with Boko Mama and everything and going after the going after the underager there so we get to hear Kelly's uh Kelly's thoughts and uh his take on the whole situation and you know how it went down for the first time so I'm very excited to bring that to everybody um Folks, as I've mentioned uh, in the previous episodes, I am actually a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. So if there is a hockey team you enjoy in the NHL, more than likely there is a show for you as all 32 NHL teams are represented. I also want to give a shout out to the boys who are original content side of things, which are Darren at the Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer Podcast, and Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box Um 
those two have uh, you know stuck around and been a part of the uh, the podcasting world for a long time and helped me out. And I also got to give a shout out though to the newcomer uh, Jordan over at Five at a Game who covers QMJHL and kind of Quebec League tough guys, so L and H stuff, um, guys like that. Jordan's covering it all over there, so I encourage you folks to go check those boys out. Check out the boys over at the Hockey Podcast Network. Like I said, I'm sure there's a show for you over there, so go check it out. Uh, last shout-out, of course, is for the boys at Hit Club Hockey. That's what the guys doing my merch. You can get my merch from their website. Just go to hitclubhockey.com, and you will be able to find my merch. It should be a little banner, or just go over to the Collections tab. It'll be the Five for Fighting merch. But not only do they do my stuff, they do plenty of other stuff as well. Some great designs, and they're supporting minor pro tough guys, and uh, not just tough guys, goalies, goal scorers, and every everyone alike, but it's great to see them support the boys of minor pro hockey. And that's part of the reason I, I went with them and, uh, you know, really what, what really kind of drew me to their brand in the first place. So do me a favor, go check out the boys at hit club hockey. And lastly, of course, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow me at five for fighting pod or five for fighting podcast to search at any tab. It's going to be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're looking for the handle on, uh, Twitter, it's the number five. And then for fighting pod, the handle on Instagram is five for fighting pod. But if you're on uh, Instagram or the new app Threads, just search Five for Fighting Podcast. Should come right up. Don't forget to please rate and review the show. I uh, encourage you to go do that. It takes two seconds, and it really helps the algorithm. the 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 algorithms really seem to enjoy ratings and reactions to stuff. So. Um, it really helps out small time content creators, not just myself, but do it for the guys like Jordan, Joe and Darren over there and all the guys at the, the smaller podcast, you know, you know, there's, there's more than just spitting chiclets out there. Right. So, um, if you are a listener or, you know, a follower of a small time podcast, please rate and review. It really means a lot. So, uh, that being said, folks, I'd like to keep this under five minutes. We're going on four thirty here. So I'm going to go ahead and get to it. Um, thank you guys for sticking it out with me and I appreciate everyone being patient with the Kelly Bent uh, interview, and I hope everybody enjoys. So without further ado, let's pass it over to Kelly. Thanks, everybody. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, folks, here today on this lovely Sunday morning, we have a Wichita Thunder currently playing in the ECHL, one tough customer, and that is one Mr. Kelly Bent. Kelly, how are you doing this morning? Great, Alex. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, how are things with you? Oh, pretty good. You know, like I apologize in advance. I, I messed up our timeline this morning, so I know we're running an hour behind, so I apologize. Um, but no, I think it's going to be better out here in North Carolina. We've been having bad weather, but it's all, all sunny and clear today, so it's been nice. That's good. We've had a couple of flood warnings around here, so it's uh, the weather's probably nicer down there. You get probably close to the beach area. No, I'm, I'm still about two and a half hours away from the beach, so it's not, not too close, unfortunately. But, uh, um, oh, okay. Yeah, I wish, believe me. Beach sounds nice. We got, we got the lake. The lake, lake's about as close as the beach we'll get. Um, that's perfect. But before, well, you know, before we start kind of diving into your career, you know, what, what have you been up to in the off season? I know you said you've been working a bit here. Um, so, you know, what is, what does Kelly Bent do in his off season, um, in between, uh, the ECHL, uh, Thunder and what you do now? Yeah, currently I'm just working with kids, uh, coaching hockey. Uh, my father has a program where we're developing, uh, like, U15 kids to anywhere from their eight to 15 years old, where we're just working on the ice with them, uh, getting them ready for their own camps. So that's, uh, I just work with them, nothing too crazy. Um, where I have buddies who are shoveling dirt and stuff like that. So I'm not getting my hands too dirty this summer. 
Yeah, there you go. Um, so is it just like kind of like a skills camp and uh, just general like skating or anything? Is there any like specific skill that you focus on, whether it's shooting or power skating, or is it just kind of a general general clinic for kids? Uh, yeah, so my old coach from Dalhousie, uh, Chris Donnelly, runs most of the practices. And I'm just out there helping out, just teaching kids. Obviously, I can't teach them too much skill or that I don't have. So <laughs> more or less, I'm just out there. <laughs> Just telling them they're doing great. Uh, we have four and four league, which on Sundays, which is today, where they just there's no coaching involved. They just go out and have fun with it. So it's uh, that's what I'm doing today. So it's just for them to get out there in the summertime, uh, just kind of hang out with each other, work the hardest, get ready for camp. So it's, that's all I'm doing. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, getting into your hockey career here, when did you start playing hockey? You know, I know you were born in up there in Canada. Were you a typical Canadian kid where as soon as you're able to walk, you know, your parents are throwing you on skates and throwing you out in the pond, or was you, were you a little bit of a late bloomer? Yeah, so I was uh, obviously the first child in my family, um, and the QMJHL team here, Halifax, is, uh, is here. So I, I love going to games. Dad had me out on the ice when I was two or three, uh, super early. But I'd uh, be in the basement on roller skates. I had videos back home of me pretending to fight the Moosehead jersey. I was there <laughs> strapping myself the jersey over my head. And I just loved those games. So uh, to me, that was a big influence. And I was just loved it from a young age. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, when did kind of the fighting and kind of the, the tougher aspect of your game kind of come into play? Because obviously, you know, the fighting and all the other physical stuff doesn't come until the later years of, of your playing time um, as a youth. So when did it kind of start for you? Did it start in Bantam or, like, you know, when you got to the queue? Um, you know, was did, did somebody say you might have to make a switch or was it just a mental thing that you just kind of like doing it? Uh, it was more or less like I was a midget, nothing like my dad kind of talked to me, the coach kind of talked to me, like, what's going to separate you from somebody else? And I'll be the first person to admit to tell you, I'm, I don't consider myself a tough guy. I'll never be a heavyweight or anything like that. Right. I do it just kind of just separate myself uh, to earn a role. So, uh, for example, like my first fight was uh, at the QMJHL Combine. Um, I grabbed one of my good buddies, Andrew Fufelt, who I played with, his brother. Me and him kind of just went at it, and there's no fighting in that. And it was more or less just a heat of the moment thing. That was kind of my first introductory to it. We had cages on. We both ripped them off kind of thing. But uh, it was more or less like, what can I do to either help the team um, where players have to find a point where you're a goal scorer, you're a role player. And to me, it was more or less, what can I do to stand out at camp uh, when I was 16? Um I was in PEI for my first QMJ Joe camp, not a clue in the world how I was going to make it, could do anything like that, right? So I kind of just scrapped a guy, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like this. I'm not great at it, but it's something that I enjoyed. I have fun with it. <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, my head's not agreeing with that after too many punches to it, but it's something that I just like doing, and um, I have fun doing it. It's something that, uh, you know, it, it can change the momentum of a game. It can go that uh, – like a teammate gets hit hit from behind or something, you just stick up for them. It's more of a respect thing, and that's something I enjoy. Um, I would love to be a 60-goal scorer if I could, but that's just something that I can't do. So that's uh, I kind of just came naturally, um, and I just don't mind doing it, no matter who, if it's a tough guy that I have to fight or something like that. So it's uh, just something I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. You know, your first fight, was it kind of like one of the – It's what's the word I'm looking for? Was it kind of like sporadic? Cause I feel like when guys get in their very first fight ever, you know, you, there's not, you're not really thinking about it too much and you're kind of just grabbing on and kind of just throwing. Was it one of those? Or did you have time to kind of think and be like, okay, you know, maybe I should, I don't know, cross grip here, just throw something. Or was it just like all out, just like almost like a fish out of water, you know? 
it was yeah, it was crazy. Like the adrenaline was going, obviously, and I had no sweet clue. I probably couldn't find my way out of a wet paper bag at that point. <laughs> I kind of just grabbed the guy and just started throwing, and he was a bigger guy and just knocked knocked my face in. But it was uh, it was just yeah, like you said, spur of the moment, and I would just kind of worked away from that. And one of my first coaches was Gordy DeWire, who was a tough guy in the NHL. Yeah. And oh yeah. So he uh, he obviously knows how to throw them, and I've asked him for tips here and there, but he wanted me to play hockey. And at that point, I was young. I was 16 uh, in PEI there. And uh, so to me, it was like, oh, you, you have to fight. That's how you're going to earn respect in the league. But uh, he tried to develop me to be a better player. And uh, it was just something, yeah, like I said, spur of the moment. And uh, since then, I guess I've had a couple. But, uh, yeah, I just try to, even now I still try to develop how I'm like technique it's tough you have guys that are so good at it and uh i just just try to throw <laughs> yeah no for sure um well and you said you, you had you know you were doing you know kind of fight shadow boxing when you were a kid in the halifax mooseheads jersey but you actually ended up playing for halifax you know how was it being able to play for that since you got to watch them so much growing up yeah i loved it like it's kind of a childhood dream like you know, i always want to play for the halifax mooseheads and the day i got picked up by them off waivers was unbelievable i couldn't believe it was real obviously i thought i'd go to camp and make the team i was 19 and it was just a dream come true playing at home i was living with my parents there uh they were my billet family so it was, it was great um it's something that you always dream of and once a day you don't realize how good you actually have it until once you leave so it was something that i really really cherished with that organization yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's I got to ask about this guy because he was a teammate of yours out in Halifax. And if you ask me, I'd put him and his brother. They're probably like the two toughest in hockey. But you had Alex Gallant as a teammate out there. Uh, how how was Alex and what was it like watching him play? Unbelievable. I played with him, obviously, for one year there in PEI. And he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet off the ice. He's uh, salt of the earth, give you the shirt off his back kind of guy. But he uh, once he hits that ice, he's a different uh different type of guy he can throw haymakers and you wouldn't tell that he's a skinny guy off the ice obviously he's built muscle now but uh back then he was just a skinny kid and he was looking to make his name for himself just like his brother and he could throw the heaviest haymakers i've ever seen he would just uh pummel guys yeah absolutely yeah oh man him and his brother they're like i i wish gallant got a better shot with the lightning because I, I was a lightning fan when I, I don't watch the nhl nearly as much anymore as as you know i focus pretty much on the echl now um but i was always crying my fingers crossed when he was with syracuse that he was going to get a game or two up there um in, in the show but unfortunately he didn't um but yeah i always have to ask about him because he i mean he had that great tilt this year probably one of the fights of the year that was awesome um yeah. so definitely had to ask about that one of the big questions i got you know i i make a post every once in a while um you know if i'm interviewing a guy you know what are some fan questions probably the biggest one i got was what made you go after joe valeno and uh start the whole thing with uh, with boko imama that was probably by far the most asked question yeah i agree i've actually never got to talk about this publicly so this is the first time that i've gone an interview talking about it there we go um, breaking news at the five for fighting show awesome <laughs> i love it exclusively found here folks <laughs> yeah exactly so um, obviously, I knew the situation. Joe was an unbelievable player. He's exceptional status in the league at the time. I'm a 20-year-old in Halifax. Um, obviously, you know who's out on the ice kind of thing. Like At the time, I, I got the puck near the blue line. I got a cross-check from behind from somebody. I turned around, cross-checked him. Not, like, in my brain, I kind of, it just clicks. I, I didn't realize who it was. Um, looking back now, I should have obviously kept my emotions in check. But it was something that... Uh, it was spur of the moment. I didn't know who was on, who crossed up me late from behind. I turn around, I give them a cross check. They cross check me back. I say, do you want to go? 
he kind of just looks at me, cross-checks me again. So at that point, I just drop one glove, give him a punch, um, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, I felt bad about it for years after, to be fully honest with you. I think it was a situation that could have been handled differently from both sides, but uh, especially for me as a 20-year-old in that league, I think it's something that uh, you, have, you have to take the time. Um, he's in the league for a reason. Unbelievable player. He makes the league better. Um, and then obviously Boko was doing the right thing, right? He's uh, he's known as a tough presence. He's The kid's 15. Obviously, he's going to dump the bench. He's going to come after another 20-year-old. And uh, I think Boko did the right thing. Same thing I would do if someone came after our exceptional status, if we had one. And uh, he's one tough customer. <laughs> he came out and uh, fed me my lunch. And it was it was good. I, I respect Boko for doing what he did. And um, obviously, I've, I've never talked to either of them. Um but it's something that uh, I look back on and wish that it, it was handled differently because a lot of press came out about like a death threat, all that stuff oh, like shit, that. Jesus. People in, yeah, people in Quebec were just wishing me the worst. And it's just something that like, it could have been avoided. It was just key to the moment. I didn't realize who it was and I'm not out there to hurt anybody. I'm not tr- actually trying to grease anybody, but uh, yeah, it's the first time I got to talk about it. So it's, uh, that's my side of it. Obviously, it was spur of the moment, and it's just something that uh, could have been handled differently. Yeah, well, you know, it's hockey's such a it's just a different game, and some people need to realize that in terms of you know, the, hockey's played on emotion, and so when stuff happens, you know, it just it's not always perfect. It's never going to be perfect, no matter what you do. There's always something. So you know, could it have gone different? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, you know. Everybody's moved on. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So obviously he's had he's had a good career. He's been in Detroit. So um, I'm glad, happy for him. And uh, yeah, I just think that things could have went differently. But I respect both sides of it from Blano and from Boko, where uh, they did the right thing. And yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, you know, talking about the Q and you're you're playing there. Of course, the the QMJHL just came out this year, and they finally, you know, it's been writing's been on the walls for quite a bit now. But they they finally came out and basically just made fighting an outright ban now. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I have mixed emotions about it. Obviously, I'm on the ice with guys who are around that age, and they're unbelievably skilled. They can stick handle ten times before I get one stick handle off, and it's something that uh, I look at. You go to a university game where I played at Dalhousie, and you get, you get uh, guys who come from the QMJHL, OHL, WHL, that there's no fighting, so they know that they can get away with more dirty things, such as slashing slashing from behind, like little, little greasy things, and there's no policing to the game. Where I think a teammate, let's say, gets blindsided or just something like that, like you want to go stick up for them, you want to kind of get retribution for that dirty hit or something like that, and you can't. Um I went to a couple of QMJHL playoff games this year with the Mooseheads. I just was watching, and there's less contact, a lot more skill, but I still think it's something that needs to be in the game. Um, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to fight five times a game or anything. Like, obviously, it doesn't happen anymore, but it's just something that I think should still be in the game. It's part of hockey. Uh, the way it's been, I know people say, you know, things need to move on, but I still think that's a big aspect of the game, whether it's momentum shift, it's... Uh, just sticking up for somebody, that's the biggest thing I think that's why it could be in. And I understand they're worried about injuries, concussions, all that, which is totally fair, but I've got more concussions from hits than I have fights. So that's all. But I just think it could still be there. 
Yeah, for sure. I know it's such a gray area too, with especially with junior, because when you look at it, and like you, for that instance, you know, you had a guy who was fifteen and yourself who was twenty. Now, does that happen all the time? No, that's actually kind of a unicorn. So it's not like people people kind of go to that example, and it's like, well, look, you know, there's a could be a twenty year old fighting a sixteen year old. It's like that really didn't it. It doesn't happen as much, not like it used to do way back in the day, because obviously that was a lot exactly. more prevalent. But like it's it's already on its way out. I don't I didn't see the kind of point of putting it in, um, you know, just how it is. But and I know you touched on it as well with university hockey. Was how was the play there? Because every time I ask guys about how how playing is in university hockey, they say the same thing. It's always like it's the skills there, but it's always there's a lot more stick work, a lot more stick work at university hockey. Yeah, I honest to God, I loved my time uh, at university in the AUS. I thought it's the best league around. It's just not marked it well enough. I think the talent level, you have guys who are drafted that go to many schools around here, such as Dow, St. Mary's, uh, St. of X, Acadia, UMB, obviously has a, a wagon of a team every year. Um, I think it's unbelievable hockey. It's fast paced. So that made it an easy transition to go from there right to the coast. It's kind of the same skill level, uh, obviously with better players in the coast, but um the speed's the same, and I think it's a great league, and I'd recommend anyone to go there. We had a couple guys this year that uh, obviously played AUS and went to Wichita, so and they said the same thing. It's a great league. It's just uh, people are more interested in the junior, which is obviously the talent level, and there's, you get tall players to go to the NHL, but um, university hockey is a very high-level uh, like high level hockey, so it's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with – the Q, you uh, you fought a guy, and it was funny, he messaged me, and of course, former guest of the show, and it was actually the guy, you, you you said you listened to his episode, but he was like, oh man, he was my first QMJHL pro fight, and it was Nico Blatchman. Uh, you know, yeah. Take us through that fight with Nico, how was it? Yeah, he was on, uh, I believe, St. John's time, I was on Halifax, and obviously, he's trying to make a name for himself, he's a tough customer, he's, uh, he's a thick man, so he's got some muscle on him, and I think we just kind of grabbed each other in the, in the corner, and we kind of went at it, and he was throwing haymakers. I was throwing as much as I could, a couple pillows at him, but uh, I I couldn't balance for God given sake. I wish I had better balance, but no, I think it was a we both got a couple punches in, both fell down, and it was just uh, a good scrap. And obviously, he he was uh, this year in the coast uh, having good fun over there with Norfolk and the other teams he was with. So it's uh, something I like going back just to watch, like and keep up with the guys that I see that I fought before. So it's. Uh, He's doing really well, and I watched the episode with you guys, and it was it was a good one. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to watch the episode at least. You know, putting yourself through some some hardships. Listen to my voice for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but another guy I got to ask you about, and I, I know he was out there with Fort Wayne for a bit, uh, and you fought him. It was a, I was looking at your rookie uh, fight card with Halifax, but Oliver Cooper, you fought a couple times. Uh, how was it? How was it going against him? Good. He's a big boy. He's a six three, six four. Uh, it was something we grew up playing together on summer our spring team. So, and then I don't know what what it was. We were the same age, and something just clicked every time we played. Uh, we were both two gritty players, and we just every time we meet in the corner, there's something to be said, and uh, we would just go at it. Like there was no hard feelings. There was no like fu matches or anything like that. We kind of just grabbed each other, went at it. I. Uh, that was one of my first fights, I think, when I was in the queue, me versus him. And, uh, yeah, he's a big boy. He's strong. I know he's going to the EIHL now this year. He's a good player. Had a couple of games in the A. But uh, it was just something that there was never any bad blood between us. It was more or less just this is what our team's needs at the time. And we, we went at it. So we had a couple scraps. 
Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, that was the first name I noticed on. I think it was your very first fight in the queue was against him, so that was awesome. Um, you know, and so going through your fight card a bit too, and you look, and you had some pretty high totals, especially even for like you know 2014, 15. You know, you had 15 tilts that year. Or you had 11, 12. I mean, that's pretty pretty up there for today's standards. Um, you know, as, as fighting is kind of getting out of the game. When did you kind of start getting more comfortable with the role in terms of kind of? Not so like the sporadic fighting to where you kind of go in and you kind of start thinking about it slowing down and kind of play, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, playing the fight over in your head and being able to kind of make moves as it goes as opposed to just being kind of sporadic and wide open. Yeah, to be fully honest, I still don't know what I'm doing out there in a fight. It's just, <laughs> it kind of just happens. Like, I'm not a technical fighter. I'm not a heavyweight. I'll stand up for my team if need it. And uh, it's just something that, like, uh, for example, like this year in practice, I had Steph Bourne teach me some things. Uh, when I was playing with him, I had uh, Dylan Boothley when he got there with that week practice, kind of like different grips, stuff like that, grabbing certain areas. But I think for me, when it's the heat of the moment, um, I just try to throw as much as possible. I can take a punch. I don't try to play defense at all. Like I have a big brick head on me, so it's something that I can take a punch and uh, just try to stand in there and not lose my balance. Um, I was around... Yeah, like I said, when I got to the queue, my dad was and my coach were like, "What's going to separate you from the next guy?" And to me, that this was it to play that role, more of a gritty. You can hit, uh, play the PK, fight. It's something that might not a lot of guys can play bottom six, and I'm okay with it. If I'm in the lineup, that's okay to me, as long as I can help the team in any way. So, it's something that I've kind of accepted over the years, like I said, and it's. Uh, over the years I, I enjoy it i'm not doing it for i'm not trying to be the toughest guy in the league i'm not trying to uh kill anybody out there but it's just a role that i enjoy and something how i can help with the teams that play on so yeah so your first year in the echl you actually ended up with uh you ended up with alan how was it and you know kind of take us through how did you actually end up there because i know um it's a little bit different process, you know, going to the ECHL as opposed to, you know, getting drafted in the NHL and whatever. Um, so take us through that. How'd you end up there? Yeah. So I was at Dow in my fifth year. I wasn't sure. If, uh, so my fourth year, um, uh, COVID started to hit and I was, I'm not sure if I want to play hockey anymore. I was thinking about getting a job and I was training on the ice uh, and off the ice in the gym. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm young. I want to go try to go play pro. And I made at the time, Jesse Moran, who's unbelievable. I would come back there with Cortex. And uh, he's like, uh, Kansas City wants to give you a shot. And I said, sir, I would love to go. They kind of wanted me for the year after, but we pushed for that year. So I played four or five games at Kansas City. Uh, I got released, but we played Allen, and uh, I believe it was Tolleson those times. Allen saw me, and they picked me up. Uh, Steve Martinson gave me a shot, which was unbelievable. Um, obviously, it was COVID year, so the league was very back with talent where teams weren't playing. And our, our Allen team was a great experience. I played there. Till the end of the season, um, they were in playoffs so for a good run, and I loved my time there. Allen's a great city, great spot. Uh, Steve's obviously not there anymore, but I thank him for giving me just the opportunity to put my foot in the door and uh, get into the league. How was Steve Martinson? Obviously, he's a I mean, legendary hockey coach. Uh, you know, anybody who knows minor pro hockey, they're going to know who Steve Martinson is. Uh, so, you know, how was it with him as bench boss and playing under him? I loved him. He got the most out of you. I, uh, He's kind of a quiet guy, but he he's right about a lot of things. Like he'll tell you about your game, um, and he's honest with it, which I really enjoy in a coach. It's someone who's going to tell you if you're not doing well, tells you exactly what's going on. Um, he's not for everybody, obviously, but uh, guys that I played with loved him. 
that I know so far on Allen after I still reach out to them. They still love Marty and um, he got the most out of you. He's a coach that would go to the end of the earth for you and he just wanted the best for each and every player. So he's a guy that I respect very, very highly and uh, I would love to see him back, <laughs> back coaching again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, So the next year you're with Allen again, but did you, were you there when, when Yablonski came in? And uh, kind of showed the guys some fight tips when he was playing with Idaho. No, I wish I was. I think I that year I quit halfway through. Um, it was actually in Idaho uh, after the after the game. I went into Marty, kind of explained that I got into policing and I'm done with hockey. So that was <laughs> my decision at the time. And I, I wish I was there for your Blonsky because I'd love to watch him fight. <laughs> and uh, he's a he's a strong man. He loves to throw. Actually, it's funny you bring that up with the with the policeman. Uh, I actually that was like one of the, the probably the second most asked questions. Like I thought he was supposed to be a policeman or something. Like you know <laughs> what what brought him back? Yeah, so it was a it wasn't sporadic. I always wanted to be a police officer. I, uh, when I was young, I had a mentor that was a police officer with when I was with the Mooseheads, went on ride along stuff like that. So it was something I really enjoyed. It was kind of just. I uh, love the job. It's something new every day. So I got into the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police here in Canada. And uh, I just decided, you know what, that, that's it for hockey. I'm going to go and do that. So I did the training for six months. Uh, moved back to Nova Scotia. I got posted here up in Eskazoni First Nations Reserve up in Cape Breton. And I loved my time. I was there eight months working. But there's something about me that even I told my girlfriend, I just, I miss it. I miss the game. I miss being with the guys. I miss the road trips. I miss the Iron Lung, the bus, going on those 18-hour drives. You know, guys hate them. But it's just something about me. Uh, not great at the game. I just loved it. And I was like, I'm young. I want to do it as long as I can. Uh, the work world will be there afterwards. So it's something that was a hard decision to quit. My boss was very rattled at me for quitting right away. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed policing. I'd recommend it to anybody if they want to get into it, especially in the hockey world. There's lots of connections, stuff like that. Um other than that, yeah, love the job, but just the game had a bigger, bigger passion for me. Yeah, sometimes always, always comes calling you back. Uh, it's the way with hockey. I've done the same thing. Like, oh, I'll stop watching for a bit, and every I'll come back to hockey every time. No matter, I'll, so I'll tell myself, oh, I'll try to get into you know baseball a bit more or something like that. And every time, it's just always back to hockey. Um, exactly. Well, a couple guys you fought that second year. Um, one of them being Sean Allen. I know you fought him a couple times, and he was actually the winner of the the Clash of the Coast fantasy tournament I had this year. Yeah. Uh, so take us through that. How how, how was Sean Allen? And what was it like scrapping with him? He is a tough customer, I'll tell you that. Yeah. He probably gave me one of the hardest punches in the face of ever. He uh, once behind the net there. There's just something about it. He was on Wichita. We, I was on Allen at the time. There's a bit of a rivalry there. And it was just something that he's a tough, gritty player. And we would just uh, somehow manage to end up on the same ice at the same time. And uh, he was trying to get his team going, whether we were up or we were down. And I was just a customer that he was looking to pummel uh, on. And... Uh, yeah, it was just connected a couple of times, and we had a couple of skirmishes, scrums every game, but uh, I think we had two or three fights overall, and he was just a guy that was always, he would never say no, right? I, I respect that. He's a guy that would do anything for his team, so he fought a guy that's on our team when he's on Cincinnati there, and he's just a tough, tough guy. Yeah, absolutely. He was a definitely. It was a close vote. It was between him and actually your teammate you had in Allen. It was Darian Skio. Those were the two finalists. And so, how was Skio as a teammate? I always ask. Uh, I've asked a couple of times. I'd like. To, I'd love to get Skio on the show eventually. Um, but what was it like playing playing alongside Darian Skio? 
And he's one of the best guys. He will, he would literally do anything for anybody, even if he hated his own teammate, which he never would. But uh, he'd stick up for anybody, and that guy's a tough guy. I love playing with him now because you never know what could happen when we're on the ice. He might grab somebody out of nowhere and just, <laughs> <laughs> just demolish them, right? So uh, Theo's one of the best guys, and uh, I'll tell him he has to jump on the podcast for you. I didn't know who to vote for, whether it was Sean Allen or uh, Skio, because I love them both. But uh don't know Sean Allen personally, but my vote went to Skiach because I, I see what he's done to guys. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny, man. That was it was the it was the most votes we had in a poll, and it was the closest voting we had. I think I think uh, Allen won by I want to say it was something like less than twenty votes, something like that. It was it was crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a good. Yeah, definitely love Skio. I consider him one of the top dogs in the league for sure. Um, yeah. Another guy you fought, and I got to ask about him, absolute legend in the ECHL, and you fought him a couple of times, and you, you had another tilt with him this year, but Garrett Klotz, how is it taking that man on? I mean, and the, that dude is just still jacked to the gills, like just goes out there and just gives it hell. Exactly, yeah. The first time I ever seen him, I was in Allen. I was also a rookie, and he's outside in the nice uh, Allen heat there, uh, still warm with the shirt off like this man's a greek god he's pretty chiseled and uh <laughs> I, I never want to fight that guy yeah no i <laughs> like, like i say I, w- I wouldn't own a shirt if i looked like garrett claude holy shit <laughs> no it, exactly so um i uh one of my first fights this year i i tore a tendon in my pinky actually so the whole season this year i was uh playing with the torn tendon in my pinky so every fight i was like don't 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 know if i should and i still did and it would just hurt more and more so he hit one of our guys from behind there, um, not on purposely. It was just one of those things. And he asked me off the draw. I was like, should we go? And he was looking forward. He didn't have a fight this year. He's, he said, do me a favor. So we kind of just off the draw, drop him. And uh, I wish it stopped right away, but <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> we, uh, I got a couple in. He got more than me. And then I always can't keep balance. And that uh, he came down with his power and the refs backed off again. And it was good. He, uh, he was happy with the fight, and uh, I'm glad I gave him his first one. I mean, he's a he's a tough customer, and just I always used to watch his fights, still do, and he's fought some tough customers as well. So just something that I was trying to stick up for a teammate uh, after he hit him from behind. I think it's more respecting, and he was totally okay with it. And uh, I heard he's back in rapid this year, so I'm, oh, right <laughs> I'm on. hoping that I won't, yeah I won't I'm hoping I don't have to go him again, but. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully he puts up 50 goals and I can put up 50 goals and there's no more uh, <laughs> fighting between us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you want to talk about pri- – I, I would probably say Garrett Klotz has the best fight card and fight record in the out of all the players in the ECHL right now. He's done it for so many years, and it's cool that he's coming yeah. back again next year. Um, and you brought it up too. You guys fought off the face-off. And for those listening might know that the ECHL has just recently come out with a new rule – banning fights off the face. Well, I won't say banning. It's a penalty or I think it's a game misconduct. If you do it now, um, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? You can't, you can no longer fight off the face off. And if you have more than one fight in a game, you get an automatic game misconduct, which that's, you know, that's fine. I don't think most guys were having multiple fights a game, but the fighting off the face off, how do you feel about that? Um, and now here's a quick message from our sponsor. Sports fans, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available. For a gambling problem, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdictions. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus regular required for one zero percent boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restriction apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash/baseball/terms. Um, what, what do you want us to do? Skate around fifteen seconds and then go? It's <laughs> I don't know. I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to get eliminate less and less fights which it will um but i don't agree with it we're just going to skate around disrupt play for 10 15 seconds and then go at it um you're not going to unless you eliminate it it's still going to happen um i don't agree with the game misconduct fight to fight what happens if that guy just i don't know being greasy i me or someone else comes out and not they come after me or i go after them it's something that it's going to happen so I don't think that rule is actually going to change anything uh, unless they totally eliminate fighting. You guys are, you're going to get guys that are going to go into the boards and then go at it. But uh, obviously I'm not a league commissioner. I can't make changes myself. And I think the fans enjoy it. Like you see two guys talking off the face up, like guys on the bench know that watch this, watch this, watch this. Like Louis this year would always do that off face up. He talked to a guy, then he square up. Like there's, to me, there's nothing more exciting. You see guys right. talk and their banter's there. Oh, they're going, they're going. But uh, yeah, I don't agree with the rule. I can't change it on one person. But uh, yeah, yeah. Unless they eliminate it, it's going to be the same thing this year. Yeah, no, I had to, I had to ask, and so I said the same thing. It's like it's just going to guys are going to skate around. They, they already do it. They do it at the AHL level now because that rule's there. And it's like if guys are going to fight, they're going to fight anyway. So what? Like, exactly. It's like it, it does it do anything? No, but it's just a, another rule to kind of coat or like her fighting and you know just eh, i don't know i don't like it um exactly (laughs) it just it just doesn't make sense to me um but you you know a couple more here and i'll get you on your way you brought him up before and it was he was out there with you in wichita but you played with uh stefan fournier and he was showing you a couple tips and stuff in practice how was uh how was fournier as a teammate great guy he um obviously steph's a tough customer and he'd do anything for you he's a great teammate to have and Everyone's seen the video of him just policing the red line there and warm up, uh, staring <laughs> at people. And he's a scary man. Once he does that, he gets, uh, he's like uh, one of those Top Gun pilots that missile locks in. Yeah. His eyes just stare at you. And, uh, he's out for blood, right? Uh, but no, he's a good guy. He does it all. We're just hired down low. He, um, he was only there for a month or two when I was there. And then uh, he went overseas. But uh, no, he's a, Tough, tough customer, funny guy. He'll talk your ear off. So um, Steph's a great guy, and I wish him the best wherever he's at next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he, I love Stefan Fournier, tough dude. Um, a couple more for you, and then, like I said, I'll get you on your way. I gotta ask a lot, a lot. Like, I'm trying to get more personal questions here. Who was your favorite goal scorer growing up? Um, you know, like who, who, who was like your your idol? Like, you'd have posters of him in your room or anything like that. 
Yeah, so I was a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan and not a goal scorer, but uh, my mom's friend's an artist and she had a painting of Darcy Tucker in my room. Oh, that's a good one. I, I love Darcy Tucker. He, for some reason, he's on the power plate, put backdoor tap-ins in, but he could also scrap and he's always chirping out there. So I loved him when he's on the Leafs. Uh, the Domi was still there. They had Caberlet. They had all the throwback names. So I'm a big Leafs fan. Um, I, lo- I loved watching, obviously, Sid. Uh, he's from Nova Scotia. So he was kind of someone I looked up to. Um, I could never be like him. I wish I could. But uh, he's someone that he's around here. He's a little bit older than me, but he's someone I've enjoyed watching growing up. And But Darcy Tucker was a big influence. Couldn't tell you why, but uh, other than he's chirping, scoring goals, and he played played a good role for the Leafs, and I just enjoyed that. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Darcy Tucker. I, I don't know what made me do it. It was the other day I was on my lunch break, and I was just looking up hockey clips like I do because I'm a fucking loser on my lunch break looking up hockey clips. Um, and I was, I was like, I don't know what made me think of it. It was the first time I watched the hit in years, but his hit on Sammy Kapanen, my yeah. God, that is still one of the greatest hits I've ever seen. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you laid the body on him, put him out. It was uh, it was a clean hit. It was good. It was nice. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought he could do it all. So that's why I enjoyed him. He's just a good role player for the Leafs. And uh love watching him play. Yeah, absolutely. And that was going to be kind of my next question. Is there any player you kind of try to emulate yourself after, whether it be your fighting or how you play with puck handling, shooting? Is there any – is it Darcy Tucker? Or do you kind of take – try to take, um, I guess, footage, for lack of a better term, from multiple different players and kind of emulate your game that way? Yeah, my friends always tell me I try to be like a skill guy on the ice and practice, and that's just not me. But uh, I just try to – I watch everybody. Like, obviously, I like watching Brad Marshall, another guy from here, and he, he he does it all. He scores goals. He hits. Uh, he can fight. He's in the corners. And he works his um, – I can't say. He works he works his hardest every, every shift, right? So it's something that I, I love watching him. Um He's a, he was a big influence too, just because he can block dots. He's working his hardest. Um, I loved watching Matt uh, Matt Martin. I think yeah. him and Cal Clutterbuck on that four line on the Islanders or something. I I just love watching how they don't get many minutes once they're out that they're they're very effective, right? And they're blocking shots or hitting um, that Islanders four line. There, there was three of them. That was just such a good line for them the past couple of years before. Matt Martin went to Toronto, but uh, there's no, no specific player that I enjoy. Like he's my favorite. I love watching. I just kind of love the game, love watching it. And uh, especially now that I understand the game better, it's kind of the little tactics of how guys are with their sticks in the defensive zone, offensive zone, how they're getting open, what they're doing to create space for themselves. Something that I've heard really kind of pick up on. And our coaches this year, uh, John Griskis and Bruce Ramsey, were unbelievable with video. So there's so much of it that anything we needed, uh, Johnny was on it, and it really helped me in my game. And it's something I like that just has, goes a long way. How was it playing under Bruce Ramsey? I know another legendary tough guy. So how how is it playing under under him? I I thought Rammer was great. He's a salt of the earth good guy. He'd do anything for you, and uh, I love playing in Wichita. It was a great spot. I. Uh, wasn't sure I was going to end up there, but I'm very glad I did. Uh, Rammer's a great coach, and I'm glad he's going back there. So it's something that uh, it's it's good for the organization. It's going to be good for everyone going back there, and Rammer's a good, good coach. He ever show, show any of the boys some uh, some tips and tricks to the fighting trade at all in practice? No, uh, not in practice. I think he'd have a couple uh, couple wobbly pops on the bus and get his fights going, and a couple guys would watch, stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, he's a tough customer. We'd always be in the back of the bus playing cards, watching his fights, uh, just talking about him. And uh, he'd always come back, see what we're up to, and we're just happen to be watching his videos, right? So it's uh, he was a tough guy, and I've heard lots of stories that there's a guy from here, Scott Allison, who played with him, that uh, has told me stories. I remember fighting guys in the stands and oh, yeah. saw an alligator I heard. So he jumped on an alligator's back <laughs> and punched an alligator, I guess. So he's a tough customer. Yeah, no, you got to be tough if you're punching alligators. Only I'm from Florida and I don't even do that shit. <laughs> um, yeah. The last question I got from a lot of folks, I, I think it's just because, you know, a lot of the Wichita fans were, uh, you know, experienced to Kelly Bent is newer this year. But they always ask, you know, how do you enjoy playing in Wichita? I loved Wichita. It's uh, it's a hard city to explain. It's very spread out, which is great. We live on the west side. Frank Street kind of in the middle. Um, it's a good spot. The fans are unbelievable there. It's a bigger rink, but they try to pack as much as they can. And um, they they love the game. And we love like talking to them, interacting with them. They're at every event. And it's something that you don't see in many places. But the uh, Wichita fans are unbelievable. And I could, I, if I could recommend anyone to go there, I would. It's a good spot, good team, good organization. The coaches are unbelievable. Fans are great. And uh, I really, really enjoyed my time there. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, well, Kelly, I appreciate you for taking the time to come on the podcast and uh, let me talk your ear off for a little bit. No worries. Thank you very much for having me, Alec. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, good luck uh, in your in your off season, whether you're you're coaching or you're you're you know training. Best of luck to you next year. And again, I appreciate you for taking the time to come on. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Have a good summer. You got.